Welcome to the Visions of a Better World podcast. We are part of Global Visions, an association founded in Helsinki, Finland. Our goal is to bring people and organizations together as well as develop ideas and ways of thinking to make the world a better place. In this podcast series, our association is represented by me, project planner Petri Lahtinen, and Max Dalberi, the founder and chairperson of the association. We are also inviting guests to the podcast to discuss themes that are important in making the world a better place. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Once again, uh, we are now recording yet another episode of our podcast. And once again, we are joined by a guest. And today we are talking with journalist and writer Tuomas Muraja, who has written a book, one one particular book that is of special interest to our organization, our association, since it deals with uh, universal basic income. And, and in Finnish, this title is Perustulo Koe-eläin. And it roughly translates to basic income test animal. Or guinea pig. Oh yeah, or guinea pig, yeah. Um, the, the, the kind of pun doesn't translate as well as it is in, in Finnish. But uh, yes, we are here with Tuomas Muraja. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It's nice to have you here. Thank you so much. And, we are, and we are also here with... Uh, Uh, the founder and, and chairperson of our association, Global Visions, Max Dahlberg. Welcome to you as well. Yes, thank you. Great to be here again. And I'm Petri Lahtinen, the project planner of Global Visions. Uh, maybe we could start off uh, again giving Thomas you the that sort of floor to introduce your proper introduce yourself properly. So I don't so because I probably won't do uh, enough justice to your introduction so I'll, I'll just let you tell the audience a little about who you are and, and w- what are you exactly doing in, in, in your professional life. Okay thank you I'm Tuomas Muraja I'm a freelance journalist and writer uh, living in Helsinki Finland and I was part of the basic income trial two years, 2017-2018, and I wrote a book about it, as you told. Before that, I was a foreign editor in a third daily newspaper in Finland, and a correspondent in Brussels, and uh, since 2013 I have been officially unemployed or freelance or, or, or granted uh, uh, a writer, It depends of my status. Uh, for example, today I'm officially unemployed. I'm <laughs> waiting for new grants. I have applied. So uh, basically, I'm. Uh, I have plans to write another book, not uh, of uh, of uh, social politics, but another topic. <laughs> okay, great. Well, let's go back to the beginning. We are t- uh, discussing. Uh, We are having this discussion based on this book that you wrote about basic income. And you were one of the lucky uh, ones out of 2,000 people who were randomly selected to this um, 
Kela's basic income trial. And for our foreign listeners, Kela is the Finnish government agency in charge of uh, settling benefits under national social security programs. And you were selected in the, uh, for this trial in 2017. And, and the, the people who were chosen, it was based the condition for participating in this uh, trial was that one had received either labor market subsidy or basic unemployment allowance in November of 2016. And you received this letter, which announced that you're part of this trial uh, in December of 2016. 17 if i remember no, 16 correct. 16 yeah right because it started yeah. To, yeah 16 and it started you started receiving this basic income in the beginning of 2017 so there was just less than two months apart from receiving this information and getting the first first 560 euros uh, you write in your book that you were first kind of scared when you received this extra letter from Kela, but then you soon found out that you were part of this trial. Can you describe what were your initial reactions when you heard that you were one of the lucky ones to be part of this trial? Well, it was like winning a lottery in a way, even if the amount is not so big. <laughs> But the idea that uh, no strings attached, I can have uh, uh, free money, <laughs> in a way, uh, allowance. Uh, and uh, uh, even if I have this, this uh, benefit, I can earn so much I want to, without scaring that I have to pay back something. Mm -hmm. So basically I felt lucky and free in a way mm. because uh, I thought that this could be an interesting topic to work with, to write some uh, stories to, to the newspapers and magazines and perhaps after that a book. Mm. Yeah, you, uh, this book of yours was uh, published in 2019 so and the trial lasted from 2017 till 2018 so uh, when did you first get the idea to instead of just writing news articles or essays or short shorter texts uh, in regard to this trial that instead of that you would want to write entire book out of this uh, experience and, and more broadly about the basic income Quite right away, I would say. Hmm. Of course, I tried to, to find people who were uh, in my position, uh, so I wanted to know uh, if I had any friends or uh, people I know uh, in this trial, and I didn't find anyone, so I thought that uh, maybe I'm, uh, it's rare to have a journalist and a writer in this trial, so maybe I could I could write something, uh, but uh, officially I started to apply grants, mm. and uh, and uh, when I when I got one, mm. I was sure that uh, I can I can work with this uh, big topic and, and make a lot of interviews. It makes time, so I got money for that. Mm. So uh, basically, that's why I enlarged. 
<laughs> my article to a book. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned yeah, that you received a grant for for writing this book, and and you mentioned a couple of times, right? One once right in the very beginning of this book that 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 this trial and that 560 euros uh, didn't change your life uh, financially in a so uh, significant way, but the psychological effects were much more significant. Could you elaborate about a bit about those uh, psychological effects you, you write about in this book? Well, uh, I felt free because I didn't have to fill any bureaucratic forms or, 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 or telling all the time every month how much I earn, what do I do, have I applied uh, uh, enough for, uh, for posts and, and this kind of thing. So, so no more fields, uh, no, no more <laughs> any, any, any forms to fill, uh, so I could concentrate myself right to my work, which is actually writing. Mm. Of course, I could take uh, other jobs like uh, like in book fairs. Mm. I was uh, leading panels and and uh, in uh, libraries, uh, uh, telling about my work. Uh, uh, high schools. I could get these kind of small gigs, mm. even if they are not so well paid. But mm. I wasn't afraid that I will lose the benefits. What are your thoughts then regarding the level of basic income in this experiment? So it was it was 560 euros per month. Uh, so how would things have been different if the amount would have been higher or lower? And what do you view to be an optimal amount of basic income? It's very hard to say what is the right amount. It depends on the society, of course. 560 euros wasn't enough at all because my rent, for example, is 2000 euros per month. But uh, the idea of universal basic income is that it's not enough. It doesn't have to be enough. It, it activates you to find jobs or gigs or whatever to make money and you can keep it anyway. So it's one of the element or part of benefits only or your income. So talking about uh, the amount is uh, i think is irrelevant maybe 1000 euros would be good standard well people living in the south of finland in helsinki for example but then again this amount would be too big for people living in other parts of finland so i don't actually know but it could be uh, Lower than thousand euros. Yeah, you mentioned this uh, bureaucracy that uh, kind of surrounds the whole social allowance system as we have known it for for now in Finland, and uh, one of the, you mentioned you just said that the amount is not so important, but and as you said that it didn't, for example, if for example in your case. It was not enough to pay even the rent, and uh, but the psychological effect of, of feeling free, uh, so maybe taking like kind of quote on that, that what what was discussed, uh, uh, it would be interested uh, interesting to hear your thoughts about the the 
more about the bureaucracy and, and how uh, one gets the sense or the idea when while reading your book that you, you view, and I think a lot of people in similar positions share that share the thought that this uh, the current system is in a way in a lot of ways humiliating to the people who are in 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 less fortunate position in life in society and there's a lot of uh, experiences of shame and being bullied for being not not only poor but maybe like not fully employed that is some kind of standard that the society else today so do you feel that basic income for example is is a applicable tool to change to shift the attitudes that we have towards the people who are not full full-time employed yes it would take it could take off the stigma of of unemployed people and Every trial in the world has shown that basic income don't make people lazy. So that's a fact. I know a lot of workers who are lazy. And at the offices they are playing uh, games with the computer or, or uh, they are on social media. So they are lazy. But if you are in a basic income that activates you because it, it, it isn't enough so you have to 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 work with that to 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 be more active and uh, that's why the stigmatization is is false mm. because you know that that uh, when you are unemployed it doesn't mean that you don't want to work right and you mentioned for example this example of, of people who are in the office and playing video games for example and um, I would be like we are talking now we are we are talking about the Finnish uh, basic income trial and previously for example we have been kind of proud uh, in about the Nordic welfare state but now nowadays there are people who, who say that they, there's there has been a shift from the welfare of the citizens towards this kind of workfare, workfare state that it's uh, instead of the, the welfare of the citizens it's important that people are able to work and we are, we are, we are kind of have this fetish over especially wage labor that work that you earn a salary a work that is, is uh, is part of like tied to the to to capital is is what is important and for example you you said you are a freelance uh, journalist and you have also worked uh, some gigs as a musician so you you know that for example those are some fields that, that where the there's go there's a lot of work that goes into the end product which is not necessarily really appreciated as much as for example in case of journalism the, the the text the article that is ready and the appreciation for uh, the you sitting down and writing the actual text let alone the the, the thinking process that you go through or the the, the 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 studying you do for one article is is 
like in a le- in a position that is less appreciated. So maybe where I'm getting at, if I want to formulate a question based on this, what I've been saying now is that do you feel also that basic income not only as a way of lessening the bureaucracy for the social security system could also be a tool for kind of transforming the attitudes we have towards work itself and what work uh, like uh, let's say valuable work is exactly Uh, the problem is that in a society you calculate your work by working hours Uh, so how to describe uh, your uh, the whole working for example, in an article, uh, how many hours do you use to interview people, to write the first uh, version, to rewrite it, to to have ideas, to read? Mm, we don't. In uh, we we should think that we, that we didn't think working as hours. Mm or as one product. Hmm. Because the whole idea, for example, of, of the basic income is that uh, it f- makes you feel free. Hmm. So you are being well. Hmm. And when you feel free, that creates creativity. Hmm. And creativity brings productivity. Hmm. And even if you don't calculate the productivity always by money. In this case, productivity is that uh, you get new ideas, you can uh, choose what work do you want to have or or take. Uh, It doesn't have to be everyday work, for example, you just pick two days and uh, the third is is, uh, making welfare or or having fun with your, your children at the football skin or, or whatever so so the, the whole idea of work is changing thanks to to digitalization and uh, robotization automatization uh, it brings us uh, free time and uh, like uh, well 100 years ago free time uh, for example, for farmers, was that they uh, we have invented uh, the the tractor, for mm. example. So as a, it's a robot, mm. which brings you more spare time. Yeah. What to do with that? Is it valuable time? Mm. Because w- when you have free time, spare time, you become productive mm. in a way, even if you don't always measure it by money. Yeah. Do you feel that there's a contradiction in our times? Because continuing what you just said, I feel that there's, on the one hand, you have this sort of like, like there's some leftist uh, thinkers who claim that we are now living in a, a late capitalist era where the, the, the productivity and the work is not, uh, it's not connected anymore specifically to a work space and work time but you're like basically your the, the the boundaries of work and leisure are 
more and more unclear and then your people are for example for the, the during the digitalization and and the the coming of of social media there are people who are basically their their personal life is sort of a product but on the other hand then there's the for you for example as a writer maybe you can uh, find some uh, something that resonates w with this idea that there's when you are working in a creative field that there's like we said the end product the text and that's the the most valued aspect of your work and then there's the writing process but then there's the the time that you like, like okay i have to take a break i have to go for a walk and during this walk you might get the the, the idea that makes that article that really makes the, the the difference but then that time is that like from from this uh, the the discourse that's been going around with this basic income trial that when you're just taking a walk in the park that's you being idle or lazy so do you feel that there's this kind of contradiction that we at the same time we where people are encouraged to work more and more and kind of like blur the boundary between working and not working and at the same time when you're not working some people consider that just be uh, that you're just being lazy yes for example the pandemic <laughs> taught us that you can work uh, at home or, or at the park wherever and still you work and you create mm. and you, you, you make a product for example so so why to measure all with working hours or, or by money because if you need productivity or innovations to the society this kind of thinking should arise but now living a sort of post pandemic times I have learned that people didn't uh, learn their lesson mm. so okay there are now uh, more people working uh, at home for example not only in the office and they understand that, 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 that the whole concept of work uh, uh, is changing because that was a concrete way to show it and it will come and it will change all the time S but I thought we we could learn something about this uh, uh, terrible situation but uh, after all i think i was too optimistic so <laughs> so nothing has changed you mentioned innovations and that's a theme that we have explored recently in our association as well for example max has written a text regarding the relationship between innovations and and and, and the state but I was thinking you, well, I should point out that there are a lot of people who understand innovation as something that is most often connected, for example, tech companies, that innovation is the next step that you create a product or service or application in, 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 in like smart technology. But innovation, basically, if you look at it, like a bigger picture can be anything that it's it, it's kind of novel and new be and it might ne not necessarily be a product it could be also a service or something something that is not material so 
uh, you mentioned the, this uh, freedom and creativity uh, and I and and now there's like because the innovations are usually a lot a lot of the times they're connected to like products that they must be uh, that they should result in a product that is sellable that is uh, transform that it can be transformed into a commodity that can be sell sold in the markets but do you feel that basic income uh, if it would be implemented more uh, like why widely and 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 it would be kind of like continuous not just limited to one or two years that it could uh, enable or give the possibility to more larger group of group of people who could make innovations that are not solely uh, products that are meant to make financial profit that could also benefit uh, society or even the world at large Yes, I think that. <laughs> Talking about innovations, for example, this basic income trial in Finland was a <laughs> social innovation. Mm. Uh, and uh, it scales now to, to every part of the world, for example. There are a lot of trials now uh, going on in Scotland, in uh, South Korea, mm. for example. So, uh, we are... Uh, we are talking about Finland as an innovative country and we always mean that in a technological way but mm. uh, we forget that uh, we have social innovations as well. We have a public school, we have uh, at school they can free, have free lunch for example, that's a social innovation. Public libraries. Mm, for example. Uh, so, so we had a momentum during this trial to show to the world what is it, what is this kind of uh, system mm. and, and uh, unfortunately we were only 2000 people so so now we are having millions of people around the world in, in different tests but uh, but still as a social innovator, Finland has shown something, and that we could uh, we could learn something about that uh, free field too. So make other trial, for example, and and, and show different kind of welfare systems for the other world. So so when you feel free, as I told you, you free creative, and creativity brings productivity and innovations. I would be interested in this occasion to ask what the end results of the trial in, in Finland was, what, what was measured and, and what were the conclusions? Unfortunately, this wasn't a basic income trial as such. It was a social uh, trial for the unemployed people. But it was uh, all over Finland, so it's not was only in one part of the, the, the country, for example, and that's something new. Uh, the results, well, uh, those people who were at the trial didn't get uh, work uh, easier than the people who went at the trial, so, so, so basically uh, nothing changed. But the most important thing is that those who were participating to the trial felt well, mm -hmm. felt better than uh, before. 
And that's a huge result because it makes you save a lot of money in the society. Uh, less uh, uh, people at the hospitals uh, uh, and, and this kind of things. It's even impossible to measure how much uh, uh, we could spare. Yeah, you mentioned it. You you write about in this book other people about other people who were also participating in this trial, and and now we we've discussed, for example, the 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 welfare and the psychological effects, and also the kind of obsession and the focus being on. Uh, how does one get uh, into the field of wage labor? And and there's there's there are a few people you you write about in this book that this uh, basic income al- uh, allowed them, for example, to get necessary medication, and uh, that 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 was significant that they could afford a medication that they needed. And uh, for example, you mentioned that people felt more well, and continuing on that isn't it so that when if, if even if we focus on we say we okay we want to focus on the the financial side of this trial but do you feel that it's kind of like overlooked has been overlooked the the the, the result that when people are for example they can afford uh, their medication they feel generally more well uh, in today, in the present day world, where, for example, uh, depression is more and more common, and and people, uh, because of depression, they might be left out of the uh, work life or not. They don't even go for, for example, to study uh, a degree that would enhance their possibilities to employment in the future, as well as people who. Uh, having less of a need to seek out professional help and thus creating like it doesn't that save money for the society when people are well even though they are not kind of <laughs> directly increasing the, the the national gross product yeah it GDP. saves money in different fields and it saves money when you uh, bring down the bureaucratic system of uh, uh, benefits today in Finland. That doesn't mean that all the social workers are jobless after that, because they could always help those people who really need help. Uh, but but, but uh, the computer would, uh, would give the money to, 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 to all the people. Uh, it's universal. It's like the child allowance for every child family. I talk about adult allowance, for example. So, so that's the, the whole point of, of the, the system. And, and taking down the bureaucratic system would save a lot of money as, as well. So people are always asking where to have this money for this kind of system. Well, first it would cost something. But uh, when you think of the future, the savings are more than you are paying to that system. You mentioned a couple of times in your book uh, basic income uh, alongside with the idea that uh, that you seem to view it as 
some sort of fundamental right that is uh, necessary for for leading a dignified human life and for example uh, in our association one of the the big utopias and, and ideas that we've been uh, kind of dealing with during this first year of our full-time activity is the idea of a global basic income and that's a theme that for example Max has written about in his book for example uh, and you have been working as a foreign correspondent in in Brussels and you have also been uh, you have worked in conflict areas and for this book for example you did some research on other re, uh, basic income trials around the world in almost every continent and, and so we would be interested in hearing that do you have any thoughts about uh, kind of extending this basic income from a national kind of social innovation to more to a more global scale that would be the next step first there were small trials after that we have seen bigger ones uh, and then we'll see but there will be a time when no more experiments are needed anymore because we have data that shows that this could be a very good system. It depends on the society, it depends on the country, of course. But for example, the European Union could be one big uh, promoter of this kind of system, even if the European Union uh, is not uh, now a, a so social uh, system for example it's it's economic system and, 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 and social things are still with the member countries and not in a European level but that could be the future showing that this kind of model is a good model it will come anyway <laughs> I don't know if it will come in 40 years or, or, or less but I'm sure that it's the, the, the only uh, result of, of this uh, world of changing. So, so what to do, how to make people active, because we need that. And this is the solution. Uh, I would then finally like to know if you still support basic income after this trial and for what reasons. And, and then on the other hand, what do you view, view to be the most significant obstacles in the implementation of a basic income in the long run? And here we can think, think of, of the situation of Finland, for, for instance, but then also the global situation. Of course I support this kind of system. I was a member of it two years, so I know what can happen. Uh, okay, we can always discuss the amount and, and, and how to take uh, taxation part of that system, of course it has, has to be in that, but uh, in a large scale uh, this will be the future. Uh, and uh, it's a fundamental right, as some of you have told me, and it will be written on the UN uh, well, declaration in the future, because people need to be treated decent all the people are, are equal. Uh, 
depends on the politics, of course. We have different uh, political parties, and I understand, for example, the, the, the current uh, leading party is for the labor workers, so, so they are lobbying for better salaries, they are not thinking of uh, this universal basic income uh, angle, because they are for the work, working people but they are not actually lobbying for the unemployed persons. Yes. And we have more and more unemployed or, or uh, people who are just working part-time or, or, or precarity or this yes. kind of situation. So we need a solution for this uh, large amount of people as well. Of course we have uh, parties that are, are right uh, in the right and they are thinking of the rich people and, and the entrepreneurs. But as the pandemic showed, the entrepreneurs were in trouble and it was not their fault, but uh, suddenly they wanted uh, our administration and, and uh, government to help them. And just before that, they had told that it's the markets who are playing the game, not, not the society. But when they saw that they, they they had troubles with their, their enterprise, they wanted help. And the, the second thing is that the, the rich entrepreneurs wanted first help and then they realized that the allowances are not so high. They, were, they thought and they were telling all the time that, that unemployed people are getting too much money. And then they realized that that wasn't the case. So, so but Unfortunately, they didn't learn their lesson. Mm. Now they are talking the same ethos. Mm. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, uh, your your book, uh, which is unfortunately at at the moment only in Finnish, but it's uh, I forgot to mention. But I would like to add that one of the, its strengths, in my opinion, is that it's very comprehensible and accessible. That it's 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 not overly scientific uh, or technical study and and, and and you mentioned that for example in that that, that it's also deals with your personal experience about the being in part of the being part of the trial but I would be interested in knowing that uh, do you feel as a writer that you are with this book that you are done with basic income or is it a topic that you uh, can you see yourself or uh, wish to return to in the future as a professional writer and journalist? If there's going to be another trial, uh, of course I will be following that as a journalist. Uh, I would like to be part of that trial <laughs> as well, but uh, it's aleatory, so, so you never know. But anyway, I can always uh, interview people, interview the experts, the politicians and um, make something new about the new trial of course I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to see another trial it's even uh, written to the government paper to program so let's see what happens do you Max have any final remarks or questions uh, no I just like to thank Thomas for this interesting discussion it was really interesting. Interested. I was interested in hearing about this and, and got good good new insights. Yeah.
Thank you for having me. Yeah, I thank you as well. This has been very, very fruitful and productive and, and most of all interesting discussion hearing about someone who is has been both part of that trial but is also a writer who has then shared his experience and, and written more generally about basic income. So so you, you, you were the perfect guest to discuss basic income in our in our context. Good to hear, thank you. Even if uh, social politics is not the sexiest uh, topic in the world. <laughs> no, but we have to discuss uh, also the unsexy topics. Those probably are the most important topics in, in, in the world when we are trying to pursue a better and more sustainable world for people, but also for everyone. Thank you so much once again. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us at www.globalvisions.fi. Check out also Max's book, which is available to download for free at www.avisionofabetterworld.net. We are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and Discord. Everyone is welcome to take part in our activities and discussion, which is an invitation to reflect on how to make the world a better place.